Have you noticed all the gaming commercials filling the airwaves lately? There's a reason for that. Gaming is sweeping the nation. Everybody wants in on the action. So get your information from the people who planted the flag first. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Live from Las Vegas, it's Cover It with Teddy Covers. Welcome to Cover It with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. On today's show, we're going to break down the world of the NFL and the NFL betting marketplace with my good friend, Nolan Dalla from NolanDalla.com right here in Las Vegas. Nolan's been doing this a long time, just like me. And we'll do our best to give you some good information about it. How to beat the NFL down the stretch, some bet on, bet against teams, what's different about this year than seasons past, etc., etc. And of course, uh, both Nolan and I will give you a betting opinion before this show is through. But before we get into Nolan Dalla, we got to talk about some of the numbers. <laughs> because we knew that this was going to be big. We knew it was going to be huge. But the numbers we're seeing from around the country, look at October, and yes, there were five football weekends in October. There was also $1.3 billion in handle in October in the state of New Jersey. That's the highest single total for any state of any month ever. And of course, New Jersey just broke their own record, which was set in September, the previous month, by more than $300 million. Is that unique to Jersey? Nope. Pennsylvania set a record too, $776 million in October. That's a 40% year-over-year increase. And again, I could go down the line <laughs> across the country with 31 states now legalized and regulated, along with the District of Columbia. And of course, <laughs> you know, uh, still, the three most populous states, California, Texas, New York, don't have it yet. So it's con- going to continue to get bigger and bigger. And what happens when you start seeing New Jersey books doing $1.3 billion in handle in a single month? With Pennsylvania books doing $776 million in a single month. Not to mention what's going on out here in Nevada, which, by the way, no, we're not setting records the same way, but it's not like the handle here in Nevada has, has uh, collapsed. Not at all. They're betting big here as well. And when you see stuff like that, you see stuff like this. (laughs) The Caesars Entertainment deal with the Manning brothers. Archie Manning and his sons, Peyton, Eli, and Cooper, will all be featured in a ton of ads for the Caesars Sportsbook. And you read the quotes coming from this deal. (laughs) All right. You know, uh, president of Caesars Digital, quote, This isn't the typical partnership between a sports betting company and major talent. We're welcoming the most acclaimed family in football history to be integrated holistically into the Caesars family. <laughs> Look at the man, you know, here's Peyton's quote. You know, of course, through a Caesars spokesperson. But there's really been a huge evolution in the way the betting re- industry has been received. And that change isn't limited to just the sports world. You're seeing that across the country. And you're seeing so many new fans and participants When we both started playing, talking about him and his brother Eli, a partnership in this space wasn't something athletes or teams or leagues would have considered, but it's very different now. Drew Brees is partnered with PointsBet. Barry Sanders is a partner with MGM. 
and the ex-athletes are all starting to cash in uh, on the ability to get endorsement deals to promote sports books. Now, again, when you think about where this was 10 years ago, where the NFL was literally telling players they couldn't meet and greet in casinos, okay, they couldn't be hosts. In, I'm, I'm trying to remember who it was. I think it was Tony Romo uh, who got in trouble and had to give his money back when he was got a greeting for an Atlantic City casino where they paid him to come in. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but I know it was somebody. That wasn't 100 years ago or 20 years ago. That was like five years ago. <laughs> so to see their record-breaking handle, to see the athletes or the ex-athletes making these deals where they're going to be integrated holistically into the Caesars family, you know, it just speaks volumes about how far we've come and how much more normal this is. <laughs> okay, like things have changed. Yeah, they've changed for the better. All right. The era in which everyone was betting, boy, you had to be hush-hush about it. And Al Michaels would have to give the, oh, well, now the game is really going to be over if they kick this field goal. You know, those type of lines on Monday Night Football. All the wink, wink, nod, nod. That's gone now. We can talk about it. We can talk about it major. We can talk about betting with Eli and Peyton Manning. <laughs> you know, uh, that's where this is gone. Uh, now, and to me, that's a step in the right direction. When you're not trying to, to, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even know what the best way to phrase this. You know, there were many years, many decades, where the NFL was trying to have it both ways and saying, well, we want the betters. We want them to be playing our games and betting our games every week because that means the engagement levels are there. But, we don't want anyone to know about it. <laughs> we don't want them to be able to do anything uh, with their ability to bet. You know, those days have come and gone now. The NFL is not talking out of both sides of their mouth. The players aren't talking out of both sides of their mouth. The hypocrisy era, at least in this space, is over. Or at least it's really starting to go away. These deals between the athletes and the casinos are telling us that very, very clearly. Coming up next, Nolan Dalla. Gonna talk NFL, and I'm telling you, it's gonna be an interesting discussion. Stay tuned. Cover it with Teddy Covers continues after this. Don't think of us as just another sports talk network. Think of us as your smart, talkative friend that somehow always seems to have the inside line on winning. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's a jungle out there. So many possibilities, prospects, and probabilities. It's easy to become overwhelmed. That's where we come in. Relax. We're your trusted source for expert information on sports gaming strategies and information. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. 
You're listening to Cover It with Teddy Covers. Get all the latest updates, breaking news, line changes, and more by following us on Twitter at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV. You can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers, but you cannot follow my next guest on Twitter because he's been banned. Nolan Dalla, welcome to the program today, my friend. Uh, how are you? Thank you, Teddy, for having me on. You introduced me by saying, of all the things I'm famous for or infamous for, I'm banned by Twitter. I, I guess that's going to follow me forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of those deals. Like every week, you know, I'm, I give the Sports Grid Twitter account, I give my Twitter account, and I give the uh, my guest Twitter account. But you don't have one anymore. It used to be at Nolan Dalla. Now you'll have to go to nolandala.com. That's N-O-L-A-N-D-A-L-L-A. Nolandala, 10 letters in total, dot com to find him. Uh, Nolan, you're someone who I've known for a long time here in Las Vegas. I like to have as many Vegas guests as I can uh, on this show. And I guess the most important question to ask you at the top, how's your NFL season going, brother? We had you on early in the year. Uh, here we are. About the halfway point, just half the halfway point. Are you happy with your season? Are you miserable with your season? Are you somewhere in between? Sides, totals, teasers, props. Tell me about your 2021 NFL campaign. Well, as you know, Teddy, it's always a challenge. Every year is different from one to the next. You have to constantly make adjustments. I guess the the bottom line is, am I happy? Uh, yes, because I'm on the, the winning side, and I don't mean that like bragging. A lot of people you know, are out there and look at me, and that I don't sell anything. I, I don't really promote anything other than I love the science of handicapping and always have and hopefully always will. Uh, my record so far at my site, which is totally free, by the way, uh, 50, might as well throw that in, 51 wins, uh, 35 losses for 58.4% winners. Um, I, what I've been concentrating on and doing well on, particularly that I concentrated more this season than previous years is team totals in the first half. Uh, I've really been concentrating on halves and quarters. I've always been into that, uh, and uh, that's uh, that's doing uh, well for me so far. It's actually saved me and maybe bailed me out to a certain extent. So I'm happy, uh, but you know, there's always more work to be done, and we always have to make adjustments, as you well know. Well, if you're at 58%, you're having a better season than me, Mr. Dahl. I give you all the credit in the world for that, although we're only at the halfway point, brother. I still got... <laughs> something to say before this season is over, but November has not been kind, uh, unfortunately, uh, for my clients and I. It was a real good September. It was a mediocre October. November has been a hold your nose and pray uh, that we can get back on track. Uh, the last couple of weeks have not been all that pretty. That being said, you know, you know and I know both, uh, Nolan. You've been doing this a long time. You're going to have ebbs and flows throughout the course of the season. Have you had any slumps uh, this year? You've been pretty consistent. Uh, the whole oh, I've, I've hit some banana pills. And by the way, real quick on your stuff, uh, Teddy, I did this to your stuff, and you put me on a few games. And, yeah, of course you've had some downtimes, but you put me on some winners here and there. Uh, I, I always listen to what you say, and your clients know that. So just, just because, you know, as you well know, having a bad month is, is to be expected if you do this full time. But I've hit some banana pills. Let me just tell you this. I think week three I went one and I think one and seven or one and eight, and then three weeks ago, seriously, I went one and seven. Now I had some monster weeks to offset that, fortunately. But yeah, I, I hit some banana peels and hit the pavement hard. Sure. Yeah, I had a, I had a perfect week, uh, Halloween weekend, and then since then, <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been uh, quite as pretty. And again, I'm with you. I I mean, it's not like I'm sitting here. Well, I'm not happy about it, but it's not like I'm sitting here like, oh my god, I've, I've you know I've killed everything. It's not, I'm not. 
I haven't buried people. <laughs> I'm just not winning right now. Uh, and when you're not winning, uh, when you do what we do, you know, hey, everyone has a bad week. You just don't want to have them run them back to back. And that's been my case the first two weekends of November. Although we'll see uh, if this weekend's card turns things around. So uh, you're a guy that, you know, sides, totals, teasers, props. You talked about first half team totals. That's something fairly new on your repertoire. But a lot of the guys that I know they're having the bigger years this year in the NFL, focusing much less on sides and totals for full game, much more on the prop side of the equation. Well, I have, uh, again, I, I think it's very important to, you know, you're trying to look for edges, as you say, and it's very hard to find edges now, say, betting sides or totals even. Uh, I mean, we think we can, you know, figure it out. But as you know, it's so damn unpredictable. And we'll get to some of those games uh, that have probably both cost us money, uh, cost both of us money uh, uh, shortly. But I'll give you a quick example on what I mean by concentrating on, uh, strangely enough, short-term um, um, things like quarters, which obviously variances through the roof. That's why I bet a lot of them, by the way. In other words, if I bet just a few of them, um, uh, you, you could lose or win. It doesn't really matter, uh, you know, in the sense of statistical relevancy, unless you have a lot of plays. I'm putting up 10 plays a week just on um, uh, quarters. And, again, I'm hoping to go six and four. I don't mind losing four games if I win six. So that's my whole thing. And I'll give you an example, uh, like team totals, first half. Ten and a half is so much more different than nine and a half. And it's hard to break ten and a half. That means two scores, a touchdown and usually a field goal, and the extra point, which is iffy now sometimes in the NFL. But, uh, for example, going under ten and a half, I'm not saying to bet it across the board, but situationally you can see what teams start slow in games, even very good teams will sometimes start slow. And then what oddsmakers have done, which is, I think, an error, and I almost don't want to talk about this because it, I think it's still a secret. I call it a trade secret, is, for example, um, I'll just make up this. Let's say the Buffalo Bills have a team total for a game of, at 28. Well, usually it's going to be 14, uh, say, in the first half, uh, you know, just because they'll take the the game line or the total, and, and they'll cut it right down the middle. And that's really not correct. And maybe I used a bad example with the Bills because the Bills are actually a very good first-half team. I mean, they're scoring, I think, 17 points a game uh, uh, in the first half. But take some very good teams that actually start off very slow. The Ravens are, what, 6-3? and three? What's their record? 6-3? and three? They're a horrible first half, and particularly first-quarter team, just a team that takes a while to get going. They're a very good closer. So, again, Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens are one of those teams that I caught on to early as being a team to fade. They come out of the gate slow, and you're usually getting sorry, usually getting a fair number of points in the first half and the first quarter, and then I'm playing uh, those kinds of situations. By the way, if I'm talking too fast, I'm just trying to get a lot of stuff in. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we got to do, man. The time is always limited on your radio dial. And, of course, there's nothing more frustrating than having a, let's say, over 13-and-a-half in the first half your team scores that touchdown to get to 13, and then, oops, they miss the extra point. <laughs> you don't want yeah, 90, too many 91%, of those. Uh, 91% on field goal, sorry, extra points this season, lowest since 1979, I believe is the stat. And that's, uh, yeah, it's not Mr. Automatic anymore, is it? No, it's missing one out of 10, uh, you know, or close to one out of 10, and that is certainly meaningful. Let me ask you this. Is the NFL marketplace different now than it was five years ago? And if yes, how? We got about 90 seconds before the break. All right, obviously there's an increase in volume, and, and operators are gobbling up the smaller books, you know, the, the, the William Hills and the MGMs and 
uh, DraftKings, FanDuel. You know, everyone knows that, that these are the bigger operators. Uh, right now, we have a lot of options as betters. I, I think I'm fairly happy. Obviously, being in Las Vegas, where we can go land-based and bet, we can bet online. And then some of us have other outs, uh, quote-unquote, and we also have offshore accounts. So, you know, we, we're very lucky if we live in a gambling market such as Las Vegas, New Jersey, other states that where people listen to you. Uh, I think the one concern I have going forward on, we could do a whole show on this, is, you know, and hopefully you will at some point, maybe the off season, is talk about the, the, the trends. And I think that a lot of the bigger operators are going to gobble up the small ind- smaller independents because they don't want the competition. I think that's very bad, you know, for, for us. I'll give you an example like South Point. As you know, South Point put out, puts out some outlier type lines yep. and, and big situations, as you well know. I'm sure your listeners have heard you talk about that. That's one thing, man, I hope that that never goes away. But I fear it. What if somebody walks in there to South Point and gobbles up? You know, and makes it a William Hill station. Uh, that would be very bad for the public. I think that, unfortunately, is just the way corporations and, and this industry is, and I think that's the inevitability. We've got so much more with Nolan Dollar coming up next. We're going to talk about all the upsets in recent weeks in the NFL. Should we expect more this week in NFL action? Stay tuned. Cover it continues after these brief messages. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM on Channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. If you miss any part of today's show, you can always check out the podcast version. Any of your major podcast outlets, all of your major podcast outlets, I say, uh, have Cover It with Teddy Covers from the Sports Grid Radio Network. You can check it out. You can go back in the archives, listen to any show, getting all the way back to the Super Bowl. So... If you miss any portion of today's show, or if you want to hear some of the smart things Nolan said for a second time, check out the podcast <laughs> version. Nolan, over the last couple of weeks, we've seen a lot of outright upsets. The Jags beat the Bills. The Dolphins beat the Ravens. The Washington football team beat the Bucks. The Vikings beat the Chargers. The Panthers beat the Cardinals. The 49ers beat the Rams. The Broncos beat the Cowboys. The Titans beat the Rams. That's just the last two weeks alone prior to this week. Now... I've gotten a fair bit of difference of opinion about this from various people. And I want to ask you, is this, quote, normal or is this, quote, different from normal with all these outright upsets the last couple of weeks? Well, I think if you go back and look at data on this and let's let's define a huge upset as a, um, uh, for the sake of argument, let's say a 10 point uh, uh, underdog that wins the game outright, 10 points or more. Uh, you know, and, and so how many situations are, are those, uh, you know, 10-point dogs, um, you know, winning outright? Well, it, it is a little higher this year. I think it's important to re- remember that we have an unusually number of very bad teams in the NFL this season. 
uh, and I, I can mention the four or five, they're obvious. And we don't have really a dominant team. We don't have that, you know, that Kansas City or, you know, or, you know, like a couple of years ago, or, or maybe Tampa Bay, you know, is, has three losses already. I mean, so there's, there's is certainly more parity, uh, even though there's some very bad teams. So, you know, there's that old thing that I, I'm showing my age here, but there was a term that was used in the 1970s. It was called Any Given Sunday. I think it was a John Francesca NFL Films uh, documentary or something, but it was any given Sunday, any team can beat the other. It just doesn't matter because these are professional athletes are playing for their livelihoods and this and that. Uh, I think that there's also certainly an emotional um, component, motivation that factors in here. It's very difficult for the Buffalo Bills to look at the game film of the Jacksonville Jaguars after getting beat out in Seattle where the Jaguars look terrible and taking that opponent seriously. So they go into uh, uh, Jacksonville and they get beat 9-6. to six. Uh, You know, it, does, it, it, does that happen very often? No, it doesn't. That's why we're talking about it on the show. But I think, again, just in terms of statistically, there were going to be six or seven, eight, ten games like that. And, of course, ten-point dogs that went outright, I think it uh, doesn't happen with something like, is it 12 or 13% of the time somewhere in there? I don't know, my note's in front of me. It doesn't happen, but it does happen. So it would be unusual if we didn't have uh, a few of those outliers. So I don't, I don't overreact to that. It's just the way the NFL is. So I'm going to ask you the question. Is this normal or is this different from normal? Yeah, I would say that it is it is normal. Right, I'm with you 100. percent That this is this is not unusual to see a bunch of upsets over a two week span in the NFL. If you pay attention and bet the NFL year in year out, decade in decade out, this happens. All right, this is not an outlier season where any other, and it's absolutely truthful that anyone can win on any given Sunday. I remember literally it was my first year in Vegas. And San Fran, my, my, my second year in Vegas, San Fran had won, blew somebody out the first two weeks. They had to travel to Buffalo for an early start game in week three, and they were laying 12 and a half. And I'm like, I'm taking the Bills on the money line. And the Bills ended up winning the game straight up. This is the bad Bills, <laughs> not the good Bills. I think that was Flutie Flakes era, <laughs> you know, in that time frame. And it was like, wow, that's incredible. I'm like, no, that's the NFL, you know. You don't have 40-point spreads or 50. You don't have Alabama versus New Mexico State in the NFL, mm-hmm. uh, all right. You know, yeah, the, a, a quick a quick sidebar, if I can add add on on that, because again, a lot of your listeners are probably they they do other forms of gambling, uh, or uh, my background was poker. In addition to to sports betting, as as you well know, and it'd be like being dealt pocket aces and losing four four times in a row with them. You know damn well that's the best hand. You know damn well it's got a, usually a 70 80% chance of winning against a random hand in Hold'em. However, it's going to lose five or six. You know, if you play if you play over the course of a year, you're going to lose six times in a row with it. It will happen. It's it, it just statistically, you know, uh, you're going to have these bunching factors. So I, I, I think in, in sports betting is very similar. Yeah, I mean, the, the hand there, I was talking about the World Series of Poker, where the one guy's got uh, pocket fours, the one guy's got... Pocket sixes, the flop comes six, four, four. So the one guy flops quads, the other guy flops the top full house. And then the K6 shows on the turn to give the guy bigger quads, quads over quads. Oh my God, it can't happen. That's going to happen two out of every hundred times. It does happen. It doesn't happen a lot, but it happens. Just like these NFL upsets happen. All right, Nolan, let's get into it. I'm not going to ask you who's going to win the Super Bowl. I am going to ask you, give me your final four. Top two in each conference. Who's going to make the AFC championship game and who's going to make the NFC championship game? Go. 
Well, I think despite uh, Tampa Bay having three losses, I think they're still the class, the consistency, the pedigree of the NFC is in Tampa Bay, especially if they stay healthy. I think, you know, I, I just throw out the records. They may not even have the home field with uh, a number of teams at 8-2 at and two or they're a game ahead in the standings. Uh, but I think Tampa Bay is, is, I think, easily one of the four. Uh, the other, probably Dallas or Green Bay, depending on who gets home field. If Green Bay, you know, has got the home field in, in January, I don't think anybody wants to go up to Lambeau. Uh, Dallas also, you know, I think that I, everyone's always high on the Cowboys and they perpetually disappoint. But there, there seems to be something a little different in, in the water in Dallas this year. So I, I, I do take them quite seriously. I think they're certainly a contender, especially with that offense scoring points. Uh, so I flip a coin as to which team stays healthy uh, and rivals uh, Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship game. In the AFC, I'm tossing out the entire AFC North. Uh, sorry, Cincinnati, Cleveland, uh, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, nope. Not impressed. Not impressed with the West either, although I think Kansas City, just because, again, of the coaching pedigree and Mahomes maybe just having that off first, court, first part of the season. I think Kansas City is still alive uh, and maybe is still underest- is a bit underestimated now by the market, which is very unusual. Uh, that leaves, really, Tennessee, I think, is the class of the, of the, of the uh, conference. Um, you know, they've got an easy schedule as long as they stay healthy. And that's really saying something with Travis Henry being out. So this is a balanced team. The defense is getting better. We've got the coach of the year probably in Tennessee. I think that's maybe locked up. And that leaves Buffalo uh, maybe looking on the outside here. So I think Tennessee and Tampa Bay, if I had to, you know, say Super Bowl, that's probably where I'd go. I, I, I never got your final four. I keep asking you these questions and not getting the answer, man. <laughs> All right. Final four. Like Tampa and Dallas? Or was it Tampa, <laughs> Green Bay? Who's coming from the NFC? Yeah, Tampa. It's going to be Tampa versus Green Bay or Dallas. But Pick I, I just said whoever gets the home field advantage there. I don't know well, who's going to get home field advantage. Uh, all right, Green Bay, assuming that, you know, uh, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers stays healthy. Yeah, okay. And in the AFC, who are the two teams? You lifted a whole bunch of them, but I couldn't figure out which ones you picked. Down, aren't you? You're, but don't bet it. Don't, you know. I, but I'll go, I'll go with Tennessee and Buffalo. Tennessee and Buffalo. All right, so I'm going to give yeah. you my final four. Okay. Just for fun. I'm with you on Tampa. Tampa's the team to beat. I think Arizona's right there with them. Uh, I'll take my shot with Kyler Murray and that uh, – uh, Cardinals defense, that is perhaps the underrated unit. Certainly, they'll be battle-tested. Nothing against Dallas, nothing against Green Bay. Uh, Kyler Murray's a man. Uh, so I'll go for Tampa against Arizona in the NFC. In the AFC, I mean, Buffalo's got to be one of the two, I think. And I think New England's got to be the other one. Um, New England? New England. Right, just a minute. Let me check the phone again. Did you just say New England? Wow. I just said it. The Patriots. Forget their stats. And by the way, they have the second-best point differential in the AFC right now, for what it's worth. Uh, sorry, in the NFL right now. Um, wow. But this is a Super Bowl-worthy squad. And be honest with me. If there's one Super Bowl we actually want to see, and I never was want to see a Super Bowl, yeah, I would yeah. love to see Brady against the yeah. Patriots in the Super Bowl. That would be compelling television, and I think there's a decent chance we'll get. Look, I think both those teams play in their respective conference championship games. So, um, interesting discussion there. Let me say so, this. Let me say this, yeah. Mr. Covers. If yes, Tampa Bay plays New England in the Super Bowl, I might even watch it, and I might even bet on it. <laughs> Who would you have? 
Oh, that's yeah. a, boy, that's a good question. I think it depends yeah. on how we see, you know, obviously uh, New England, uh, you know, go, go the rest of the season. This is the trajectory is clearly up on this team, especially after what we saw last night. Uh, I, yeah, I, I completely uh, agree with you, actually. I, I didn't want to jump on the New England train quite yet, but, boy, that was impressive what they did in the last couple of games. Well, it's, it's, not, it's not just last night. It's five in a row uh, yeah. for the Pets. Wins and covers. Now, of your t- final four, all right, are there any one of those teams in particular that you think is going to be a moneymaker down the stretch of this campaign? Is there one of these teams you said there's no Chiefs this year who you can ride every week and expect to blow somebody out? Is there yeah, perhaps I don't, I don't one think of your Tennessee, final four teams is that good? No, I don't think Tennessee is getting enough credit. Uh, again, everyone, they, they were dogs, what, in four of the, they won, I think, five, six in a row now. They were dogs in five of those games, I believe, or four of those games. They beat Buffalo. They beat Kansas City. Uh, they beat the Colts. I mean, this, uh, uh, you know, they beat the Rams, uh, uh, you know, in, in L.A. I mean, the, the, the Tennessee is just playing excellent football. And, they, again, the market is not – they're not ranking them up there with the Buffaloes, the Dallases, the Green Bays. Now, I, you know, and, and those who are betting the Titans are cleaning up. So uh, I have no problem with uh, – I think the problem is, real, real quick, if I can back up, Tennessee lost to the Jets early in the season when they had their entire wide receiver – core out with injury and the, the Titans did not play well that week so losing to the Jets I think is that like stain on this team and that probably hurt them in the market but boy it sure helped to help in terms of having some line value so I think sure. Titans have radar. been nothing but bet on in recent weeks and of course the Tennessee still without Derrick Henry markets still don't love them more coming up with Nolan Dollar SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Cover It with Teddy Covers. We've got extended time on Cover It with Teddy Covers today, talking with Nolan Dalla from NolanDalla.com. Can't find him on Twitter anymore. He's been suspended forever. But you can certainly track him down at his website, NolanDalla.com. And Nolan, we're talking before the break about your final four teams and which one you think you can make money with. And, of course, the team you said uh, of those squads is the Tennessee Titans, a team that has now beaten... Five consecutive playoff opponents in a row, and a team without Derrick Henry in the lineup that has lost their luster in the betting marketplace. We're not seeing these prices with Tennessee that we would see perhaps with a more marquee franchise. Uh, They pulled off what the Titans have done, but you're talking about a smaller market, and you're talking about a quarterback in Ryan Tannehill who nobody ever pays any attention to this guy, all right? You get a list, and you, get, you ask people, give me the 20 best quarterbacks in the NFL, and Tannehill may or may not come up on that list. And if you watched him the last couple of years, he's not good. He's elite. <laughs> All right, so that's where the value's been with Tennessee. No one respects their quarterback, and Ryan Tannehill makes good decisions, has a good downfield arm, is a proven veteran, a guy who's capable of winning playoff games. Agree or disagree on my Ryan Tannehill take? Yeah, I totally agree. And then, and you're gonna. I know we're we're talking about stats, and 
you know, his stats are not, uh, you know, near the the, the NFL uh, leaders about passing yards or touchdowns or, you know, percentage completion or ratings. But, you know, I, you know, if, is the guy who's the guy you want with the ball, you know, with two minutes left? He's he's in the top five. Uh, you know, again, they've, they uh, Henry's taken all the glory in, in a sense for the attention. But yeah, Tannehill's just solid. And the big thing is, it, it, even if the quarterback doesn't win the game, you don't want them to lose the game. And Tannehill is pretty mistake free. Consider they had Mariota, you know, for a couple of years. That experiment really flopped because he was just a turnover machine, just making mistakes, taking bad sacks. This Tannehill knows when to throw the ball away. That's important. That doesn't show up in the stat sheet when you're about to take a 12-yard loss on second and uh, four. You know, he throws the ball away. Last night we watched Matt Ryan uh, a couple of nights ago on Thursday night. We watched Matt Ryan couldn't couldn't get rid of the ball. This is the these these stats don't show up in the uh, in the box score, but they're huge. Ryan Tannehill is a smart quarterback. That's what you're saying, and you're right. Yeah, I mean Tannehill to me is the undervalued commodity uh, for of the Tennessee Titans. That in a defense that doesn't have great statistical profile, but boy, they made a lot of big plays at big times. So we talked about the top teams in the NFL. You think there may well still be money made with Tennessee. What about bad teams that are getting better or not getting better? Are there any teams with losing records right now that you expect to make money with down the stretch? And what about the true bottom feeders? You know, the Jets, the Jags, the Lions, the Texans, or maybe the next quartet, you know, that aren't quite as bad as the Jets, Jags, Lions, and Texans, but then like the Bears or the Dolphins or Washington or the Giants are, are going to be elite teams this year. What do you do with losing teams or any of them that you have circled as someone you might be able to make money with over the back half of the campaign? Yeah, it's a great question, Teddy. And as, as, as you well know, I've always been a contrarian. In other words, that's betting, you know, largely against perception. For many, many years when I did this, you know, I was taking a lot of bad teams and getting laughed at, you know, by taking some of these teams. But, you know, when they're getting sometimes 11, 12, 15 points, whatever, <clears throat> you know, it just uh, – as we said earlier, sometimes good teams don't take bad teams as seriously. So, you know, I think it's, just, it's very situational. You know, the Jets, when they're playing at home, uh, you know, a couple of times have come up. I think they're 2-2 two and two at home. Uh, you know, that's not very impressive. But when you consider this is one of the worst teams in football, and they did beat Tennessee, they did beat Cincinnati. So, you know, we have to replicate what situation. I think this week may be a good spot for them, actually. Miami coming off a big win. The Jets coming off really a horrible horrible game, uh, I mean, there, there's one. doesn't mean I'm going to bet the Jets every week, but it does mean that I think at homes in certain spots, maybe the Jets and that. And I think the Colts, by the way, among the teams you were mentioning, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the Colts at 5-5, five and five, it's not really a losing team, but that team has played really good football the last two months. They had a horrible start. They went off at, I think they started the season at 0-3, I believe, and they've just been really solid. And I just, even when they've lost the game, such as at Baltimore, and then losing at 10 uh, and then losing to Tennessee uh, at home. That was a very close game. So even their losses or covers, they're looking good. So I think that's a team that's underrated a bit, the Colts. And, uh, boy, the rest of them, <coughs> I mean, it's just very situational. But there's nobody that I could say, oh, watch out for the Lions. Uh, no, no, I won't do that. Well, one thing that I do like to do, is when you're talking about the bottom feeders, there's a big difference in my mind with the bottom feeders with the lame duck head coach, your Matt Nagy's of the world. All right, you know, he's not going to be back, uh, uh, barring a remarkable turnaround from Chicago, versus the bottom feeders with the first-year head coaches. You know, like the Jets, like the Jags, like the Lions, like the Texans, for that matter. And of those four teams, they've all been god-awful all year. 
All right, not a one of them's been any good. If you bet those four teams blindly over the back half of the campaign, I bet you make money. I don't know if you make Agreed. a fortune, Agreed. but I bet you make something. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I totally agree. You're right. You're right. And then the best example of that is a few years ago. Remember, people were saying the Miami Dolphins were the worst team maybe in NFL history. I mean, they yeah. were to talk about that after they were destroyed the first week. Uh, sorry, first half of I think 2019. They were yep. 0 and 8, and they were losing every game by 30 points. And then they went five and three against the spread. The last, and they won five games. Uh, yeah, they won five games outright. Remember that? So I uh, did. I, I, I made money with right. them. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, you're right. The market overreacts. Nobody wants to touch the pig, the big team. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, t- boy, it's tough to pull the trigger on the Lions. The Lions covered last week, you know, and uh, Atlanta. Atlanta's going to be an interesting thing because they just look so awful in a couple of games here. Uh, you know, it, are you going to bet the, the Falcons next week? I don't know. It, it's very situational. I think that you're right that if, you know, maybe just – Put a blindfold on and bet them all across the board. I think you're right. You probably come out 55-45 on that prop, but maybe with a little refinement, you can do a little better. So, uh, but you're right. I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, again, very bad football teams by Thanksgiving, they're priced correctly. <laughs> In fact, they tend to be overpriced to be how bad they are. It's not like the Lions or the Jags or the Texans or the Jets are likely to play worse than they already have. And let's talk about that. I mean, here we are. We're, we're you know, past the halfway point now. Uh, I don't want to call it the stretch run of the NFL season yet, but how does your NFL handicapping change as we get to Thanksgiving and beyond? If it does change, or is, is your methodology pretty much the same week in, week out throughout the course of the season? Well, I can't imagine anyone answering that question that might, you know, that their methodology, especially if they're successful, would stay the same ever. Uh, but and especially not say early season to mid season to late season. So I think that this should be so obvious. If even if you even if you're winning, I still think it requires refinement. Uh, uh, the, the one a couple of things I look at I think are critical uh, when we get into especially the back say third of the season offensive line uh, the condition the the the, uh, the injuries to the offensive line the quarterback gets all the attention but man give me a good offensive line that's healthy. Uh, maybe that's under the radar a little bit. That's a team I want to bet on. Maybe a team that's gotten very lucky, for example, and has some offensive line problems. Again, the market's not going to – the market does not react well, I don't think, efficiently, rather, to uh, to offensive line situation. I think it's very, very important. The, the, the passing game is based on the offensive line, pass protection, the running game, obviously. So I, I think that that's just – you know, you, you really need to pay attention to if they're down to the third string, you know, right guard, uh, uh, protecting the blind side of a left-handed quarterback, you know, oh, man, this is, this is not going to be a pretty day. So, I mean, little things like that. Uh, star players always get more attention. Offensive line is, is not. So, I, I, can't, I, I know I'm over-talking that, but I can't over-talk that. Also, real quick on uh, totals, uh, I know you're into this, and I, I have talked about what's called correlated parlays, which I never bet parlays ever, except unless they're correlated in some way. And, of course, you say, well, the books don't let us correlate parlays. Well, yes, they do on weather situations. So we get into late November or December games, and you have what I call the, the pockets of uh, where weather patterns get wind, very, very windy, uh, maybe rain, cold rain, snow. Uh, again, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, uh, Cincinnati, uh, Buffalo, those four teams are kind of affected by the same weather, pa- weather patterns, as is New England, uh, New York. Philadelphia, Baltimore, Washington. Again, there's only you know, uh, and if a, if a storm comes in, it's going to be if it's windy in Philadelphia, it's windy in Baltimore. 
So I mean, the, these these correlated, I call them correlated parlays. Usually, uh, uh, the unders I think are something you can really take advantage of. Those things just don't exist usually in September or October. The weather weather related correlated parlays. Nolan Dollar digging deep for good betting strategies down the stretch of the NFL campaign. And Nolan, I want to ask you real quick. Uh, I know we got a free play to give. Uh, I want to give you time to promote yourself. We only have a couple minutes left, but I do want to ask you very quickly. At the top of the show, I talked about the record handles everywhere across the country when it came to October betting. Yeah. Number one, how big is this going to get? And number two, how do we make money off the growth of sports betting over the next five years? Because we all know what direction it's going to go. Well, it's obviously the, the market's expanding, and that's really good. I, again, does that translate into, you know, they used to be back many years ago. Unfortunately, I'm old enough to remember this, but you would actually have, you know, different lines in different cities, and, um, you know, public sentiment would be on certain teams. I still think there's a little bit, certainly, of public teams. You know, the Packers and, you know, the Cowboys, teams like that are always going to be a little bit inflated. But I don't think that that's just – I don't think it's a viable strategy to bet against these teams, certainly not this season. Uh, so, you know, it's really tough uh, to, to answer that question about the market. And really, I, I keep saying, I keep bringing up the word contrarian, but, you know, you just can't run with the crowd. You, and certainly you can't overreact. And you've preached this. You have been, like, on fire on this. It's one of your major points about never overreacting from week to week based on what you've seen. And everyone, you know, remembers what happened last weekend. But they don't remember, you know, maybe that, uh, you know, there were some injuries or maybe just a bad spot and whatever and the team is you know, usually going to play better the following week. So I, 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 I'm afraid I don't have any just generic, you know, over the next five years you look for this, I, I have to take a pass on that. Fair enough. What you do have for us is a free play for Sunday NFL. Give us a betting opinion. Uh, we've got less than two minutes before the break. All right, real quick. I guess the best play I, I think is a totals uh, play. Uh, I'll go under on the Green Bay Packers Minnesota Vikings game. It's forty-seven and a half. You can still get that around here, uh, here in Las Vegas, and it's uh, was forty. Probably bet down to forty-seven. I think it could close at forty-six and a half in a lot of places. Why? Well, Green Bay has gone under in seven straight games. Everyone thinks Aaron Rodgers throws the ball. Packers offense under in seven straight games. Minnesota under in five of the last seven. So am I a trends player? Well, yes, a little bit. But let me tell you the real reason that I think this game goes under. The division rivalry, there may be something you know, at stake here. The Vikings still kind of on the edge of the playoffs, maybe, certainly on the wild card uh, talk. So I think the Vikings will, will certainly show up for this game. I, I also think that this is one stat that's not really, uh, real, um, it seems uh, counterintuitive, and that's quarterback completion percentages. Whenever the quarterback throws an incomplete pass, the clock stops. That's really good for the over. If the clock keeps running, like 40 seconds between plays, that's really good for the under. Now, Kirk Cousins is not an elite quarterback, but you know what? He completes more passes, percentage-wise, than Tom Brady, than, than uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. He is one of the best completion percentage. So this is a guy that keeps the, the clock running with a lot of short four- or five-yard passes. Remember the term cloud of dust, three yards cloud of dust? Well, now the passing game has made it four-yard pass cloud of dust. That keeps the clock running. Nolan Dalla! Oh, I talked too long. There we go. Under you did that it. Game. <laughs> you like the under between the Packers and the Vikings. That's his best bet for Sunday. Of course, you can find Nolan at nolandala.com. N-O-L-A-N-D-A-L-L-A. Thanks for joining me today, Nolan. We'll talk to you another time. Coverage continues after this. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're in the home stretch of Cover It with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 159. Again, if you missed any portion uh, of today's program, you can always find the archived versions at any of your favorite podcast outlets. Just look for Cover It with Teddy Covers. You can find uh, previous editions all the way back to the Super Bowl if you care to listen. Quick show note. Next, next week is Thanksgiving. I will not be here. I'm taking the week off. I'll be traveling back east to visit friends and family who will be back the following week. And then all through Christmas and New Year's, I'll be here every single week. But I will take one week off for Thanksgiving next week. So there will be no Cover It With Teddy Covers next weekend. I hope you miss me. (laughs) Now, let's talk an NFL opinion for Sunday. And look, the reason this isn't a stronger play is because I've been wrong about this team a couple times in recent weeks. But... I'm not convinced the Raiders have that much fight left in the tank. The last two weeks have been pretty ugly, and this has been a team that's been dealt one body blow after the next after the next when it comes to off-field issues, significant off-field issues. The passing game has broken down the last couple of weeks. Greg Olson's play calling, which was so brilliant early, has not been brilliant of late. And they're facing a Bengals team that is hungry. All right, how good is Cincinnati? We thought they were good, and then they had back-to-back losses right for the bye. They had the game against the Jets. They fell apart, and then they had that awful game uh, against Cleveland in which they let one loss become two. Now they've had a chance to R&R over the bye week, and I think they're going to come out focused and ready. And if since he's focused and ready, they're the better of these two football teams. So uh, right now here in Las Vegas, I'm seeing the Bengals minus one at most locations. I think that is a very reasonable price uh, to lay with Cincy. I think Cincy wins the game. They may well win it by margin. Give me the Cincinnati Bengals minus the point against the Las Vegas Raiders. There's your free betting opinion for Sunday. Best of luck, guys. Enjoy the games all weekend long. Have a healthy and happy Thanksgiving. Wishing you nothing but the best at this time of the year. We'll talk to you again in two weeks. Cheers. Sometimes you want to go where everybody